Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 71. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ron Ray. Ron, what's up, buddy? Man, it's been a good week. Been a good week. Um, went to, as you know, I was in Alabama a little bit, and I was in Louisiana last week. Got to see you and some other folks, and uh, just been running around like crazy, man. But uh, excited to be back, and got a good show today. Got a guest going on, and so, uh, you know. It's a good time of the year. It's, you can almost feel it's still hot, but you can you can like the light at the, at the end of the tunnel is there. You know, it's mm. August, and so you know by the end of August it'll still be hot in September, and sometimes even October. But the nights start cooling down some, and then you get some cool days in there. And so it's uh, you got football season starting up, soccer, Premier League starting up. It's it's, it's my favorite time of the year to be honest with you. Great time of the year, it is. It is. We had a couple of rains, a couple of cool nights. Uh, man. I've been waiting on this time since like uh, like May. Since May, Goodness. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, right. You know, over the uh, over the weekend, I saw that we had a review come in from one of our listeners. It was actually a really good review too, man. I was uh, when I read it, I was excited. Um, the review was from uh, Brand OJP Brand Opt. Uh, and the review is five star rating. Uh, he's got some written content. He said. I graduated during the downturn from a lesser-known petroleum engineering program and ended up working electrical construction management in Silicon Valley. This podcast has helped me to stay up to date on the industry while I'm stuck in traffic. The last episode, episode 69, even gave me some ideas to try in my job search. So uh, I'm glad, glad to hear from you, uh, Brand, and I really appreciate the, the, the review, man. Yeah, and on that, next week, Next week, so when this podcast comes out, which comes out usually Tuesdays, you need to hop on there and leave a review if you want to be entered. Also, um, if you were last month's winner, your name is Lone Star Alfred. If you don't get by get to us by next week, then you will have lost your chance to win. We'd hate to see that. Fifty dollar Visa gift card is on the line. If you could manage to give a six star review, you will go. You will automatically win it, but because um, that would just be <laughs> awesome. But I don't think that's going to happen. A couple other things, Josh. Uh, before, well, let's take our sponsor first, which is again Drilling Info. If you're not working with Drilling Info, you need to be globalenergymedia.com/slash/courthouse. Get your free one hundred dollars um, today. Okay, so a couple things to get into before we get further in the show. Let's talk about Sergio Chapa. He sent me a text message this week and said, Epic announced their, this is quoting from Sergio, Epic announced their NGL pipeline before their crude oil pipeline. So last week we were talking about, um, you know, what was going on there. We couldn't, we weren't really sure, couldn't remember. Sergio, as we always say, is the man. And so he, um, so he, uh, he sent that in to help us out. And it's good to know you're listening, Sergio. Um, it'd be nice for you to come on. But it's good to know that you're, you're you're still listening to the show from time to time. But no, thanks. Uh, good to clear, clarify that up. So it was the NGL when we were talking about probably on week one when we did this podcast, and later on it was the old one. Um, gotcha. But, gotcha. Uh, yep, good to clear that up. And then we also have a guest coming on in a little bit talking about jobs. Again, it's kind of a theme here, it seems like, these co- next couple of weeks, as I will be 
at the um, the 20-hole golf event recognizing veterans in the oil field. And that will be September 21st in San Antonio, Texas. That's the 20-hole golf event recognizing veterans in the oil field on September 21st, which will end right uh, the same day that the Doug Eagleford ends. So the Doug Eagleford is the 19th through the 21st in San Antonio. So if you're down there, it's going to be a good cause. It's going to be um, you know talking about veterans and getting jobs for them and stuff like that. And so um, I'm planning on being there as of right now. And uh, anyways, so we'll have on Greg here in a little bit to talk about that. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else before we uh, want to go ahead and jump in, Um, Yes, I do have one more thing. Glad you brought that up. We have a longtime listener, Josh, that um, has really been a good and loyal listener, and we always try to help out our listeners. And he's been listening since the Global Energy Leaders podcast days, so really, really goes way back there, and has always communicated with me. We also about we we try to talk to our listeners. Um, and this guy, Jeremy Warren is his name, has, and he sent me a message this week and said that he got laid off, he lost his job, and so you know what, um, Jeremy's always been good and helpful with the podcast, with the show, and um, so I'm going to link to his his LinkedIn profile in the show notes, and so if you're out there, you're looking for someone, uh, give Jeremy a try. He is, let's see here, pull up. Um He's a, he worked as a service engineer most recently for Inflow Chemical Applications. But all that will be in his LinkedIn, which I will link to again in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, best of luck. And Ryan, we have uh, a Forbes piece that came out earlier uh, earlier this week. Let's see. It was on the 29th, July 29th. And the title of the article is Five Permian Basin Oil Producers with the Lowest Break-Even Price. This is something that we've been tracking around for uh, I guess several months now with all the competition going up in the Permian. The The real question was, is is what price do these people need to be at these companies in order to make a profit? Obviously, the bigger companies can typically uh, can, can drill for lower dollars per barrel, uh, but they also have you know, certain standards they have to meet as far as they have to drill lot more in order to keep you know their company profitable so um there's five companies that that we have here that really have the lowest per barrel um production and that is eog resources exxon mobile uh pioneer natural resources concha resources and chevron so we're going to jump into that and take a look at it ron uh, just kind of go over some of the some of the things that that they're doing in order to hit those numbers uh but just you know, uh, face value, you know, I was expecting Pioneer to be in there. Is there any of those that surprise you any? You know, not really. Um, and, I mean, you look at Concho, Chevron, Exxon, which is, you know, XTO, um, EOG, Pioneer, all big-name companies. Um, you know, Concho might be, I have to look at the size of the, the various companies, but I'd imagine Concho is probably on the smaller side of those. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe bigger than EOG. I don't know. Uh, I'd imagine it's not, though. Um but anyways, no, I, I don't think so. And one of the things that stood out to me was is the debate that comes up over the length of the lateral. And we, you know, we've talked about this technology improving the cost, right? And so one of the things that they said is the, these lateral lateral links are between 75 to 10,500 feet long. Um, and so I'm curious to see as we go along, we talk about the you know updating the iPhone kind of models, what we've kind of adopted here on the show. Um, you know, how does that work itself out 
if you continue to update the iPhone, continue to update the iPhone, um, how close to the to the bottom are we? Not 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 as far as getting the prices lower, but is this price range kind of you know have we peaked to where we're saying okay you know if we can get twenty six dollars um, in two years can we get it down to twenty five dollars or is there another five dollars there we can get down to maybe twenty one dollars and and I think that's what's gonna be interesting to see because in a piece that you sent also Josh here we're talking about in a second. Um, about fractions, you see that labor cost is going up again. And we've talked about that. That's just one of the things that's going to happen as as supply and demand. Um, the demand's high for labor. The supply is limited. Labor prices go up. And so, you know, operators are going to have to figure out how to balance these issues where they say, you know, um, how do we figure out to be innovative, to cut our costs wherever we can so we can make money? Because, you know, oil prices are up now, but if they go back down, obviously the labor costs will go down, but the cheaper you can have your drilling cost, you know, that's kind of one of those things. If you can get your drilling costs pretty constant, then you can kind of measure your other stuff against that because that, you know, those stuff is going to fluctuate. But if you say, you know what, we can drill our premium wells, we know for $26 a barrel, um, you know, pretty regularly, um, then, then that's a good thing to do. Now, obviously labor costs is tied up in that number as well. So I can't, I'm not acting like it's not, but, um, I think this is an important step to kind of measure this stuff as we get a year to two years from now to see, is it, is, like I said, is it down to $21 or is it going to stay at the $26 range? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking through this EOG apparently is really knocking it out of the park because there's a, there's a piece in the article where it says the reason for such a difference is generally related to a completion design. So this is, uh, just to give you a little context, they were Comparing the lateral lengths uh, of, of some of these some of these whales, and what they're what they're showing is that the laterals didn't really affect. So the longer laterals didn't necessarily mean a higher yield or a lower per barrel per barrel cost. But they looked at another factor. Uh, the EOG had uh, set itself apart uh, compared to some some others, uh, like QEPs, and it says that the completion design incorporating more fracturing stages and amount of propent injected. She said propent being the solid material used to prop open uh, a well fracture. So you mentioned the frac stands. We're going to get to that in a minute. That is the main uh, thing they're using in order to keep these uh, these fractures open so that they can continue drilling. And EOG's recent wells uh, have used 2,400 pounds of propent that are injected per lateral foot. QEP is only using 1,300 pounds per lateral foot. So that is one of the things that, that they're thinking maybe making a huge difference here. That's going to lead to a couple of things. One, frac sand is going to have higher demand. Two, frac sand prices are going to go up. Three, cost of drilling is going to go up for EOG because they're using more frac sand. Prices are going up. So it kind of a kind of a, a, a sequence of events are going to follow some of this that uh, is going to bring some changes, I think. Uh, not, not huge changes, but at least some changes just in the way they're drilling and the cost and uh, trying to establish that baseline drilling drilling cost. And four, Josh, is that if you're at QEP Resources, you're trying to hire EOG's engineers so that you can get your cost down, you know? Because, yeah. if it, you know, EOG, if they if they have this strategic advantage, well, um, obviously you, you can get the, you know, intellectual property and contracts and all that stuff. But the core, you're still going to try to figure out what they're doing, how they're doing it better than you. Um, and we've talked about big data and, you know, multiple companies using big data. And we said, you know, we think on some level it'd be a good thing to help companies, but this is a good argument for why, you know, EOG wouldn't want it because they're making more money than QEP. And they may say they could look at QEP resources and say, um, hey, you know what? 
we like where their resources are at. They can't make, and I'm not saying this is what's going on, but they can look at companies and say, you know, they're not making as much money. We can go buy them out, um, you know, because they're, you know, they, they may be struggling in the marketplace or whatever. So this is a competitive advantage that EOG has. And, um, you know, if you're QVP, you're trying to figure out how do you close that gap. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Ryan. You know, we've talked about the information sharing. It's uh, definitely a great point. I tell you, uh, 2,400 pounds per lateral foot. That's a that's a lot of ain't saying, man. That, no joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't. I'll say yeah, and I'm you know again. I love. I'm not. I'm not a uh, you know petroleum engineer or drilling expert or anything like that. I like I like following these things at kind of this level because you can kind of look at it and and you know you can kind of track these numbers and look at them over a year and come back and find this article and just and just see what's changed and. Um, it's interesting because you don't have to get in the weeds to kind of figure out what's going on. And obviously, when you get in the weeds, it's uh, like we had on Joe Dancy a few few weeks ago, you know, talking about the strength of the sand and stuff. It gets it gets really technical. Get in the weeds. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned in the Frack Sands, Ryan, we have an article here from NASDAQ. Uh, there's a company, U.S. Silica, that, uh, that had forecast for a strong uh, second half of the year. Um, and the reason... I brought this article in is because we had Sergio Chapa on several months ago. This would have been probably around episode 20 to 30, somewhere in that range. And he had talked about some San Antonio companies. There were some frac sand companies that were projected to do really well. They're going to be supplying sand to the Permian Basin. And, we, you know, we see the importance of that with EOG and, and their, their drilling costs and the way they're utilizing these sands. But what happened is over time, the demand and, and the, the cost to get this sand the rigs for the drilling uh, increased tremendously, and so there was a forty percent profit loss uh, that happened in the second quarter uh, for U.S. Silica. So I just wanted to mention in passing, Ryan, that in addition to some of these increased demands that we're seeing from because of companies like EOG, there's also going to be some uh, some increased prices from the frac sand because their profit margins took a pretty big hit. At least this one did. U.S. Silica. And I would expect that uh, this would be pretty consistent across the board for these frac sand companies that are supplying sand to the, the Permian for the drilling. So I would expect that other companies are facing the same issue. So we should expect the prices to take a pretty, not, a, not too steep of a jump, but a, a little jump uh, in the next, I think, third third quarter, maybe quarter. And that may... Uh, well, you know, actually, Josh, you know, you think about some this. Some of the numbers as well. If we expected the drilling rate to increase, um, I think you'd be right. But with the talk of potential slowdown because of um, the lack of pipeline infrastructure, it actually may balance itself out because the drilling might slow down. Part of the mm. issue here, these companies, these companies are facing, is trucking rates, and and so if if there's less demand on trucking jobs in the second half, then that, that might bring these margins back down. Obviously, it's too early to tell, but it is one of those things where. I think you're making a lot of good points there, but if we do slow down drilling, then you know you have less demand on these jobs, which means the the, the price will come down. Yeah, I, I read an article, and this is something uh, I was going to run by you now that you mentioned now that you mentioned that there was an article that said that there were some companies, there were some companies that may uh, end up continuing to drill and just using trucks to exp, uh, the transport. Now yeah. they yeah. may just shut it down completely. Um, I say completely. Right. That's relative. Yeah, yeah, I relative. yeah every, um, each company is going to have their own strategy. You know, some companies are going to, you know, some companies aren't going to slow down at all. So that's the first thing. Some companies might go ahead and just not bring the well online, go ahead and drill it, but not complete it. Um, some companies might truck it. 
you know, some companies might move rigs to other areas, like a Halcon Resources. They moved a rig. Um, so, you know, each company is going to have their own strategy. And that's, it's for, I'm glad you brought that up because it's important for us to remember that we cannot say the Permian is not one entity. It's one geographical area, but it's not one entity. There are multiple companies that have multiple strategies. And for me or you or anyone to say that this is what the Permian is going to do um, is impossible because each company is going to have their own strategy. That's right. That's right. Well, today we have on a special guest, Greg Purvis, with the Texas Oil Group. Greg, glad to have you on the show, man. How's it going? I appreciate it. Going well. Thank you very much. Greg is the manager uh, for the Texas Oil Group, and um, we're, we're going to discuss some things with the company. I know, uh, Greg, you have been in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, you were served over there, I believe, for a couple of years, and right now you're in a position where you also help veterans get jobs in the oil and gas industry. So tell us more about your company, how I got started, and uh, and some of the ways some of the any veterans who listen to our show could uh, maybe reach out, find you, and um, maybe get some support. Okay, perfect. Um, Texas Oil Group uh, came about uh, while we were uh, myself and um, partners were working in Afghanistan and the Middle East and Iraq, and. Um, the, uh, as government contracting started to wind down, our contracts were winding down. Uh, we did notice that uh, in the oil fields in Iraq, uh, everything was really picking up. So we decided to make a, uh, a bold move into uh, the oil and gas market, taking most of the skill sets and um, the past performance work that we had done in the government contracting days and uh, apply those to the oil field. More on the sourcing and procurement side. Um, while doing that, um, we thought it was gonna be a really easy task being veterans and um, at having experience in the Middle East that it would be just kind of a, a shoe in to, um, uh, to stand up a company and start providing services or products. We realized that was uh, not as easy uh, as it seemed. Um, we were able to uh, make some good headway in, uh, in Iraq, uh, making some um, master service agreements with some large oil field companies. But um, um, as, as the oil fields in Iraq uh, started to, oil fields started to, uh, prices started to drop, we noticed we uh, would have to come back to the U.S. and um, uh, try to regroup and see how, uh, how we were able to um, to uh, keep the doors open by work in the South Texas, in the Eagleford. Okay, and so you guys been down there. You're in the Eagleford. You have a big event coming up. You know, last week we, we had a, um, a disabled veteran or slightly disabled veteran, to use his proper terms, email in and talk about you know, how can he get a job in the industry right now? And, you know, we kind of gave some advice. Obviously, I have a book out about careers, um, career opportunities. You know, what are you seeing some problems or are there problems, I should say, with veterans getting jobs in the oil field? And what are you guys doing to facilitate that? It, and, and that's exactly uh, the reason we're having this event that's coming up in September. Um We've recognized that there is a, a big disconnect between uh, the veteran community and the workforce. And we're focusing solely on that energy sector. Um, so we could talk about that. 
Um, you, you have veterans, uh, the Texas Veteran Commission, you have Texas Workforce Commission. You have a lot of entities that are supporting the veterans to push them into different job markets. What we're seeing is there is a there's a disconnect with the um, oil and gas companies that have um, veteran uh, recruiters, headhunters that um, promote and push that um, they're really um, uh, pro-veterans come and apply, uh, we'll help you with resumes um, and, and kind of hold hands uh, through this whole process. But there's a disconnect and they're stalling at the door there. Um, so uh, Texas Oil really wanted to take an opportunity um, of hosting this event um, in September to bring not just an event where they're going to be able to go out, play golf, um, uh, do some sporting clays, but this is truly going to be a networking opportunity bringing the recruiters from the large oil and gas companies, the headhunters to this event. Uh, and we're pushing it out very heavy right now through the veteran channels that we have that, um, Hey, you guys need to show up to this event. Um, the folks that you're trying to meet, the folks that you're trying to see, they're going to be here and, and let's put everybody under one roof and, and see how this goes. But we're getting some great uh, feedback from, uh, from both sides. Yeah, and the website is 20holes.com. That's the number, 20holes.com. The event is um, just a little bit over a month away, which will be on September 21st, which is a Friday, the third Friday in September in San Antonio. Um, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this issue is that I, I would be hard-pressed to imagine you would find a more pro-veteran industry than the oil and gas industry. Very pro-veteran, very uh, group of people that love their country. Um, so it seems like we just have a disconnect here where maybe um, we're having this issue in the industry, but, but people aren't aware of it because I'm sure as our listeners and other people at this event get aware of it, they're going to do everything they can to help out the veterans who've served our country. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think that it, there is, there is um, several unique opportunities that we have to address just why there is the, uh, the disconnect in this. But um, now that we have gotten uh, folks like Joe Ramirez uh, with the uh, Texas, Work, uh, or Texas uh, Veterans Commission involved, we got the Texas Workforce Commission involved, and um, we are actually pushing out to try to get um, Governor Abbott's office involved in it because there are multiple, multiple programs that um, help veterans. I mean, from the time before they get out of the military th through that transition um, um, to the um, helping them with the resumes, making sure they understand the whole placement, where they're going to be, how and what what arena maybe they're going to be better off served. Um, those opportunities are there for the veterans. I, I, I don't know if it is a disconnect from the, uh, the oil field that, that the folks that are trying to really push, uh, this, this, um, uh, that they are, are so pro veteran and they're wanting to hire veterans. I don't see how the disconnect is. Um, um, it's, it's more of just bridging a, a gap, if you will. Right. No, I, I would imagine. So I mean, so sometimes, you know, 
um, you look at issues, and the issue really is caused by just people not being aware that there is an issue. And once you kind of bring awareness to it, it almost kind of fixes itself, which is what you guys are doing. Um, let's talk about September 21st. I mentioned earlier before you came on that I'm planning on being there. Uh, might even be doing a podcast here. I know we talked about, and so excited to do that. Um, if they if they go to 20holes.com, that's the number 20holes.com, um, where, where, what can they expect that day? What do you guys have in store? Um, kind of walk us through just what exactly will be going on. And I know you, I think you're looking for sponsors um, for teams. And what are you guys? Yeah, what are you guys looking for um, to fill your spots on September 21st? Well, I mean, yes, uh, absolutely. We've got a very short window. Um, you know, almost two months away. So there's a great deal of push. Um, we've got uh, from the from the recruiters in the oil fields that are going to show up through a military transition uh, group that are going to be there as well. Uh, Doc Brown's going to be there, and the Texas Veterans Commission's going to be there. But um, the, the event itself is going to look like uh, we're going to have sporting clays, um, uh, flurry traps set up to where some of these folks can also um, be part of that sporting clay event that we're tying into the, uh, uh, the golf event. Um, and then the whole networking side of it, where we'll have uh, some of these folks are going to have booths set up, tables set up to where they can um, have breakout sessions, if you will, to where we'll network um, with the oil and gas folks and try to get these veterans channelized to where if, if they're more in the construction, then they can go towards this, uh, uh, this part of the room. If they're more in the, uh, the production side, they can go to that part of the room. We want to truly make, truly make it organized to where we can get the, the uh, in one day a lot of veterans pushed through to a lot of different folks that uh, are looking for them. Awesome. Okay, and as I mentioned, you're looking for teams, sponsors, the whole nine yards, um, 20holes.com. That's the number 20holes.com. Also, you can find out more about the Texas Oil Group by going to texasoilgroup.com. That's texasoilgroup.com. Greg, anything else we need to plug or promote before we get you out of here today? I think that also um, a lot of folks that aren't interested in maybe uh, playing golf or shooting clays, they can sponsor these teams. Uh, we'd like to see more participation in um, companies or individuals that want to sponsor a veteran team. Uh, they can go in, uh, uh, pay for a foursome, and that foursome can be donated to uh, folks transitioning out of uh, Fort Sam, Lackland, um, Fort Hood. I think we're going to have a great draw from all the surrounding bases um, that, that obviously San Antonio can, uh, that houses that many veterans in active duty. So if folks don't want to play, they could absolutely sponsor the, uh, the teams. Um, we need a lot of different uh, participation in uh, folks sponsoring and or uh, coming out to play. Okay, Greg. Well, that's good to know, and we will be promoting it on this show. I know Old Country Media is promoting it on their networks as well. And I'm sure you'll be seeing it in various places. But again, texasoilgroup.com or 20holes.com. That's the number 20holes.com. Greg, thank you so much for your time today and look forward to seeing you here in just a little bit over a month. Gentlemen, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. Uh-huh. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks again to Mr. Greg Purvis for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having him on. Looks like a great event. He's He's going to be putting on September 21st to 20 holes. So uh, if you can, try to make it. 
Ryan, we are about to enter our Texas Roundup, where we cover you know job information, mergers, acquisitions, anything we think going on in Texas that might give you a leg up, a conversation. Just kind of keep your finger on the pulse. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention, Ryan, is Pioneer. We talked uh, several times about them this year. They are uh, trying to make a pure Permian play, where they're trying to get rid of you know all their extra stuff, uh, you know, in the Eagleford, Austin Chalk, and um, they have recently. Uh, they let's see. This, they made a sale here. They are selling West Panhandle position for two hundred and one million dollars. So they're getting rid of, rid of some more of their assets and are trying to get all their capital together so that they can make moves in the Permian. So something that we've expected um, and something to kind of keep keep our eye on as they continue to make these moves. I'm always curious. You know, they're they're they know about the the bottom. So I just I wondered if they maybe they would have slowed this down a little bit and continued drilling in other areas, but it looks like they're uh, pedal to the metal, you know, all all cylinders fire and continuing on with their original plan. Yeah, and you know I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because we talked about that. And then one thing I didn't think of, and I'm not sure, uh, maybe we have someone who listens to the show who kind of does these deals for a listen uh, for a living. Three one eight five nine 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 one nine two. You can send in a voicemail or a text. But you know, I'm curious. All these deals, the due diligence and stuff that go into place. You know, if you kind of walk it backwards, it's probably a thing where we're sitting here kind of reacting to the news in when it comes out. But for Pioneer, you know, if you think about it, they've known about the bottleneck problem, and I'm not sure how much it's going to impact them. Their second quarter earnings comes out, I think, next week or week after. Anyways, so we'll hear more about that from them. But um. If you kind of sit there and you go, okay, well, they've known about these potential bottlenecks, um, and the sale cycle is going to be a while. It's not like a, it's not like you you list this acreage for sale and someone comes up and buys it the next day. You know, they have teams go and do their own due diligence to verify the acreage, to verify the contracts, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when, when we talked about would they slow it down, I guess depending on where they're at in the contract phase, they may could put the kibosh on some stuff. But if some of these deals were already going on, um, you know, they probably were you know, legally bound to do them. Again, I don't know. I don't do, I'm not in that part of the business, but I, I just kind of thinking through it here because I, I was kind of like you, I wondering if, if they're going to slow it down. But now I think about it, you know, they probably knew this was coming and they're okay with it and they couldn't stop it if they wanted to because of the, the process. But again, if you have some insight on that, we'd love to hear it. 318-599-9192 or Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. In addition to Pioneer, Ryan, Line Rock, uh, they are acquiring about $230 million worth of assets there at Cook County, Denton, Wise, Montague. Uh, there are several locations. Uh, so Lime Rock Resources, uh, that's the one to keep keep our eye on. They are trying to make uh, some moves and uh, something that I'd like to continue to follow. About Lime Rock, based out of Houston, uh, the Lime Rock Resources team acquires, operates, and improves producing oil and gas properties in the United States. Uh Lime Rock Management has raised about $8.6 billion in private equity funds for investment in the energy industry. So uh, if you want to check out a company, they look look like they are up and coming and on the rise. Uh, and so uh, take, a, take a look, especially if you're in the Houston area and uh, looking for some opportunities. Ryan, there was an EIA uh, article that came out earlier this week that uh, I'm just going to mention in passing. But in 2016, U.S. energy, energy expenditures per unit GDP or the lowest since at least 1970. What does that mean for you know the, the, some of the articles that have been coming out about uh, all of the the waste 
or the you know the environmentalist uh, coming out and talking about the way um, the energy industry, especially oil and gas, is kind of unhinged and unsupervised, and uh, this seems to be a corrective to that. Yeah, well, I think the other thing is is that, like we say, if you want to come on and say that you know oil and gas is, the, I had some troll on Twitter the other day. Um, I have a tweet out there about my book, and he. He, he tweeted back something to the effect of, don't get a job in this industry, da, da, da. And to me, that's just like the dumbest thing ever. Like you show, you basically have the IQ of, you know, a salamander or something. I don't know. You're, you're Because, listen, if you don't want to do oil and gas, that's fine. But give me a viable solution. Give me something. Unless you just hate people and you want them to die, which you might. Um, give me the alternative. Don't just say it's bad. I, I get it. You know, I mean, look, let's let's make this real world for me, Josh. I love Oreos, and I know they're bad for me. But you know the problem? I can't find a good alternative, so what do I do? I keep eating Oreos, especially the double stuffs, because them suckers is good. But I'm, I'm not even saying the oil and gas is bad. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's what, what are you going to do? I mean, what what's the viable option here? And, and so if it is the worst thing ever, the only other option is that we all die. I mean, because or we all live in San Diego where the weather's perfect. There's not a whole lot of options here if you just want to be practical. So this is good to see, and this is what's so frustrating when you talk about the climate change and all this stuff is that everything gets pushed aside except to say that what's well, bad. Well, great. Well, what do you want to do? Not that. Well, okay, that this doesn't work. And so that's what's always funny. And if you have a viable solution, a healthy solution to double stuff Oreos, I, I could use that too. Just just on the side note, um, I am on a diet, so I, I'm taking those options. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm uh, just one of the things that frustrates me so much is that the the guy who says that he's not being consistent. If he if he says that, he doesn't need to be able to be on Twitter to begin with. He doesn't need to be on the internet. He needs to be as close to a like a Amish sort of lifestyle as possible. Because if he does that, then I have respect for him because he's at least taking his ideals and, and being consistent with them. But if right. he's driving a vehicle, if he's riding a bus, if he's taking an airplane, if he's on the internet, if he's using a phone, if he's on If he's walking down the street, <laughs> I mean, the paved, if he's walking down a paved road, I mean, that's, that's where do you think the paved road comes from? You can't yeah. escape it. You can't escape Sitting it. Sitting in an air condition. Right. All of this. All of this. So that, don't be don't be stupid. That's the first thing, and the second is is try to be consistent. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna take this approach, try to be consistent with it. Yeah, and you know what's so frustrating about this is let's get on side around here. If you don't use um, oil and gas, you know, first off, there's all kinds of problems with you know just plastics and just things in general. But you know what, nuclear is a viable option for long term clean energy. Um, if you look at like Fukushima over in Japan, not a single person, to my knowledge, has died from that 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 is incident, except for the ones who died during the evacuation. So not they didn't die from radiation poisoning or anything like that. They died from you know the chaos of the evacuation, and I think it was elderly people um, that kind of got caught up in that. So you know if you you know we have stuff like nuclear, but but guess what? We can't use nuclear either. Um, we can use solar, which uh, which is I'm fine with solar, except for. You know, you got to get these rare minerals out of the ground using heavy machinery. And then when you put them back to dispose of them, they're really toxic. It's really weird. But anyways, that's a side note there. But, you know, that, that, that's, that to me, that's what's so frustrating is that no one ever wants to have a, a really a robust debate. It's always, you know, just like you're saying, hey, it's bad, but I'm going to use it anyways and act like it's cool and, and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Ryan, two more things here. 
Texas oil uh, discovery confirmed by small Texas oil stock. Um, this, uh, according to EIA's drilling report, these two areas alone expect to average about 4.7 million barrels a day. Um, they have Torchlight Energy Resources been quietly drilling into the massive Oro Grande Basin, where it controls 133,000 net acres in Hudspeth County. Um, and they are finding some, uh, there have been some discoveries that have been making in the area where they're finding some areas where they're going to be able to drill and, and get more oil than originally expected. Hey, uh, hey, so, did you see who else is in there? Our old boys over at Diamondback. Fang. Fang, <laughs> yeah. There they are, man. Fang. <laughs> Those guys, they are everywhere. Good for them. Yeah, and they're, they're making plays. You know, we, we talked about how aggressive they are. It looks like it's paying off this year. Good for them. Last thing, Ryan, Apache. Q2 earnings beat on oil price Permian strength. So Apache Corporation reported second quarter earnings per share, excluding one-time items of $0.50 cents ahead of the Zach's consensus estimate of $0.35 cents in turn from one year ago, adjusted loss of $0.21. Cents. So not going to go into too much here and, and bore you with all these numbers, but we're going to uh, link this in the show notes. It looks like Apache had a great second quarter and uh, and are looking to continue that that trend hopefully into uh, into the third and fourth quarters this year and on 2019 yep and i'll be posting some stuff i haven't got to look at apache yet but i'm sure i'll be posting some stuff on my linkedin you can find me on linkedin around ray of course um but yeah, i'll be posting some um analysis uh, not for me necessarily but from you know respected analysts that i follow and uh you know just kind of my comments here and there about it um also josh oh we got the rig count don't we Yep, 1,134. It looks like we're down about 12 from last Saturday. We did the show Saturday last week, uh, so it's showing that we're down about 12. Okay. Be interesting to watch as we get towards the end of the year. Again, if you're going to be in San Antonio for the Doug or you want to go to the 20 Holes event, let me know, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, or you can shoot me a text, 318-599-9192, or if you got a question, you can leave it there on the voicemail. Do not forget to register for your chance to win a free $50 Visa gift card by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. That drawing will happen when we record the show next week, which we record on Fridays. So if it is not in our iTunes by Friday... Um, then by the time you hear this recording, you need to go ahead and hit that up. I don't know if we'll do another one uh, next month or not. We haven't decided yet, but we will chew on that over the next few days and let you guys know about that. Um, Josh, is there anything I'm forgetting before we get off here? Be sure to check out my man Jeremy Warren's LinkedIn. Uh, see if you got a job for that guy. He's a good dude and um, has been a loyal listener to the show, and we always try to help out our folks you know, whenever we can. So um, be sure I'm going to link that up in the show notes. Anything else, Josh, that I'm forgetting before we get off here? I think that's it, bud. Okay. Awesome. Well, that is it, and we will be back next week with the winner of the drawing. Uh, Until then, keep climbing. (laughs) 